0: Today, we will discuss the evolution of applying the TSR to the credit repair industry. Uh, this is a subject matter that has uh, gotten a lot of attention in uh, recent months, uh, arguably in the past year or two, particularly because of the enforcement actions filed by the CFPB uh, and the FTC. Uh, Bianca will discuss that a little bit more of uh, that in detail. Now, let's recap part one, let's recap part one uh, of the uh, uh, subject matter that we discussed two days ago. Um, we discussed the TSR amendments uh, that were, uh, went into effect in October of 2010. Uh, these amendments were specifically geared and designed for the debt relief industry. Uh, as discussed, Two days ago, the 1995 original version of the TSR included advanced fee restrictions for credit repair services. And the TSR is used in tandem with the CFPA, which is the Consumer Financial Protection Act when brought by the CFPB. You can refer to the first part of the webinar series for more information about that. What are we looking to discuss today? Today, we're looking to discuss uh, the TSR advance fee ban on credit repair companies. Uh, The advance fee ban uh, in the Credit Repair Organizations Act and the recent FTC and CFPB enforcement actions that Bianca will cover very shortly. Okay, now um, let's talk about TSR and credit repair industry. So as discussed previously, the TSR Uh, rule issued by the Federal Trade Commission has been in existence since 1995. It's 25 years old and as mentioned in the first part, it was enacted in order to deal with one of the greatest societal problems affecting older Americans, dealing with telemarketing fraud, right? Um, It was enacted uh, in order to prevent, uh, prohibit abusive practices of collecting advance fees for credit repair services, recovery services, uh, loans extension of credit, and as such. Now, turning back again to 1995, the TSI has prohibited credit repair companies from obtaining payment until six months after they have fulfilled their promise to clean up credit histories. This is the subject matter and this is something that we are going to be covering quite in detail Um, today, because the six-month prohibition has been at the forefront and the focus of the litigation filed by the CFPB in the past few years against various credit repair companies. I do want to point out, and I do want to provide a disclaimer, to the extent that some of these litigations are outstanding, we cannot discuss the merits of these litigations. We will not discuss the merit of any litigation. We can only discuss the allegation as alleged by either the FTC or the CFPB. Uh, we can discuss any adjudication uh, result uh, for those cases that have either went to trial or have settled but that will obviously be uh, discussed uh, more further by Bianca. All right let's continue. 1996, just about a year after the TSR probi- advance fee prohibition went into effect in 1996 the FTC and the state attorney generals launched what was called the operation payback. It was a joint federal and state law enforcement sweep in which they continue <clears throat> they brought together 15 cases in the crackdown of deceptive credit repair companies many which were forced <clears throat> enforced the credit repair provision of the FTC's 1995 TSR right so the FTC and the state attorneys general did not wait too long to start enforcing the TSR advance fee prohibition against the credit repair industry. Now, what you see on your screen is quite interesting. These are snippets. And I want to emphasize that these are snippets copied and pasted directly from an FTC release on April 11th, 1996. This was an FTC press release related to the FTC operation payback. Uh, While you have the recording of this presentation, uh, and I'm happy to share the slides with those of you who email me directly, uh, I want you to pay close attention to a couple of sentences, a couple of points that I made in this press release. And so let's read together. If telemarketers who promise to help consumers clean up their credit record, ask for any money up front, they're breaking the law. That's as, as clear as it could get. This was issued 24 years ago, right? Look at the second paragraph, quotation, from the FTC. Federal law now makes it illegal for credit repair telemarketers to ask for any money until six months after they deliver their services, said Jody Bernstein, director of the FTC's Bureau of Consumer Protection. Again, taken right there directly from a press release issued by the FTC 24 years ago. So we know that the six-month prohibition on co- advanced fee uh, collection Uh, for services performed by credit repair companies has been in effect for quite a long time, okay? Now, let's talk about TSR and the 1995 TSR language, right? Specifically uh, pointed to credit repair companies. Uh, What you basically have here, again, is parts of the law that we have extracted and placed as part of this presentation. Let's read together. Abusive telemarketing acts and practices, right? Abusive conduct generally, it's an abusive telemarketing act or practice and a violation of this rule for any seller or telemarketer to engage in the following conduct. Requesting or receiving payment of any fee, any fee, Or consideration for goods or services rendered to remove derogatory information from or improve a person's credit history, credit record, or credit rating until, and then you have these two conditions, right? So you basically cannot request someone to pay you until one of these two conditions are met. First condition, one, time frame in which the seller has represented all of the goods or services will be provided to that person has expired, right? So the time frame for which the seller, which is in this case credit repair organization is represented, all the goods and services were provided to that person has expired. and the seller has provided, the seller being that settlement, I'm not, sorry, the credit repair company, provided the person with documentation. and we've highlighted this part. This is bolded specifically for your reference. This obviously is not bolded in the statutory language of the law, okay? Uh, specifically so you could follow along and, and look at the key points in the form of a consumer report or consumer reporting agencies demonstrating, demonstrating that the promised results have been achieved. Such reporting have been issued more than six months after the results were achieved. Pretty clear, right? The six month prohibition on collecting advance fees is right there in the 1995, the original version, original version of the TSR, okay? Let's move on. One of the additional items that I wanted to talk to you about during this webinar is the Credit Repair Organizations Act. Now, the scope of the two-part series is TSR on debt relief and credit repair industries. But we've already introduced, briefly introduced, Credit Repair Organizations Act of 1997 in the first part. But Ultimately, it it applies to credit repair organizations and credit repair organizations was defined here as any person who uses instrumentality of interstate commerce or mail to sell, provide or perform or present that such person could sell, will sell, provide or perform any service in return for payment or money or other consideration. If you are one, improving any consumer's credit record, credit history or credit rating, Or two, providing advice or assistance to any consumer in clause one right above. So if you're providing any assistance, so two is almost like a catch-all for one, right? Because one is basically focusing on improving someone's credit score, credit history, credit rating. Two is, well, you're providing assistance, right? You immediately are deemed and defined as a credit repair organization. Okay? Obviously... This would not be applicable, and a carve-out was specifically made for not-for-profit companies. Let's continue with Credit Repair Organizations Act. I'll we'll refer to it as CROA. It requires full disclosure regarding consumer rights before any contract for credit repair services is ex- executed. Right, So full disclosure about consumer's rights. Pretty straightforward. Two, a written statement must be provided and signed by all prospective customers and must be retained by the credit repair organization for at least two years after the statement is signed. This is a very important point. If you're signing a consumer or prospective consumer to participate in the credit repair service, you must maintain that record for at least two years after that document is signed. two years. Um, That's actually not such a lengthy requirement in many other industries. You're required to keep uh, records for sometimes five to six years. So two years is not such a long time. Consumers must be advised that they may dispute inaccurate information in the credit report by contacting the credit bureau directly. Uh, We've seen that, uh, we see that type of uh, consumer disclosure in other financial services industries where regulators ask uh, a financial service provider to tell or disclose To a consumer that this service can be performed directly uh, by them uh, without the use of this, um, you know, third party service. There's no right to have accurate, current and verifiable information removed from a credit report unless it's over seven years old. Bankruptcy information can be reported for 10 years. You have to disclose that. They have a right to sue a credit repair organization. Yep, you have a right to cause of action to sue. The company, and obviously something that's you see also in other similar situated debt relief or credit repair, or other financial services industry, the fact that you have the right to cancel a contract uh, with with the organization, with the company, and uh, within uh, basically you have the right for any reason within three days of the date was signed, sort of the cool off period, as as many would call it. Now, continuing. This contract between the credit repair company and the consumer must, one, specifies terms and conditions of payment, including the total amount of all payable to the credit repair organization for any other person. You have to contain a full and detailed description of the services to be performed and any guarantees or estimates that's required, estimate time. Uh, you have to state that the credit repairs, you have to state and provide, obviously, the credit repairs organization, name, principal, uh, place of business. Um, you have to contain a conspicuous statement in bold face type in immediate proximity to the space reserved for the consumer signature on the contract, which reads as follows. This is, you, this is required by CRA. You may cancel this contract without penalty or obligation at any time before midnight of the third business day after the date to which you sign the contract. This has to be in every single credit repair agreement now really briefly touched upon prohibitions we're gonna spend about 10 seconds look you can't make you can't advise anyone to make any untrue misleading statement right and you can't can't also make any one of the consumers uh, you know affect uh, uh, the, the alter the consumers identification to prevent the display of consumers credit history. A rating for the purpose of concealing adverse information, right? Um, you also cannot make a use and true misleading representation of the services of the credit repair organization, or also engaged directly and directly in any act, practice, or course of business that constitutes uh, results in the commission or attempted to commit fraud. Well, that's kind of a given, right? Now, right here is in the prohibition section. Is again, we have the language in CRA that says that no credit repair organization may charge or receive any money or other valuable consideration for the performance of any service, which the credit repair organization has agreed to perform for any consumer before such services fully performed. What you don't have in CRA, what you don't have in this act is the six month time limitation um, this basically just says you can't collect until the full, the, the services are fully performed, right? Fully performed. Uh, a little bit more vague, less, you know, less, you don't have that uh, restriction of six months. But uh, in any case, uh, obviously mirrors what the, T- the TSR uh, language states. Now, uh, TSR and uh, CRA use uh, users in credit repair industry. Um, both are used in enforcement actions against credit repair companies. It's important to know that some of the credit repair industry in argues that a few restrictions in the TSR conflict with those uh, with CRA or a uh, leaving credit repair companies unsure of which regulations to follow. I think that's a pretty valid uh, and reasonable argument, though. I don't think there's so much, personally. There's so much conflict. It's just one has a restriction and one is pretty vague. So the question comes down to which prevails, and that's going to be up to the courts uh, to decide. In uh, a case that was uh, recently filed by a trade group uh, suing the CFPB, and uh, Bianca will talk about that shortly. Um, we, you know, there is already a six-month uh, uh, payment delay for credit repair. Uh, companies under TSR, and as I said, you don't have the same under CRA, uh, but you do have definitely language that uh, prohibits advanced fees, so that's undisputed. Um, and uh, with with uh, you know a couple of recent enforcement actions, couple of those uh, enforcement actions filed uh, by the FTC and the CFPB, uh, Bianco will discuss uh, what those allegations are, if there have been any adjudications, and obviously uh, I'll turn it over to her. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Felix, for that. That um, is definitely helpful to understanding these cases a bit better. So I'm going to reiterate what Felix said. So before I go into discussing each of these cases that are to come, I want to highlight there are a few cases we've included that are still ongoing. And I will not be discussing the merits of these cases in any way, just simply highlighting the allegations directly from the complaints. And also similar to the cases on Tuesday, most of these cases have quite a few defendants that are listed. So I'm not going to be providing the full names of the case. It would probably take an entire slide, but I'm just providing merely the abbreviated version. Okay, so the first case, um, Felix, you can go to the next slide. Thank you. Thank you. So FTC versus Boost My Score. Um, This case is actually quite recent, uh, seeing as it was filed and settled in March of 2020. The allegations are the complaint alleges that the defendants violated the FTC Act, CROA, and TSR. Um, The FTC was alleging that BMS made unwarranted promises in various advertisements that consumers' credit scores would increase by anywhere from around 100 to 120 points over two to six weeks. BMS also allegedly, according to the complaint, charged consumers up front for their credit report or credit repair services that they offered with promises to, quote unquote, drastically and immediately improve credit scores and increase access to lower rates on mortgages. And one example that was included in the complaint that's actually from BMS's website said, quote, the biggest possible FICO score boost in less than 60 days guaranteed. Uh, the FTC also alleged that the defendants guaranteed cus- consumers that in exchange for fees ranging from about 325 dollars to $4,000, they could quote-unquote piggyback on unrelated consumers' good credit, artificially inflating their own credit scores in the process. Then also according to the complaint, the FTC alleged that defendants deceptively assured consumers that such credit ma- manipulation, this piggyback, was not only legal but also protected by the federal law and within the complaint the FTC assured that it is neither legal nor protected by federal law to do those things. So um, basically the end result here, so you can see that there are CROA and TSR issues that they're bringing up, um, is that there was a settlement and it was a pretty quick turnaround BMS will be prohibited from selling fake access to another customer's credit um, as an authorized user and from collecting advance fees for credit repair services as well as other violations of CROA. They will also be prohibited from misrepresenting a product or service as being legal as well as misrepresenting the terms of a refund or return policy. The defendants here are also banned from further violations of the TSR. And you can see the monetary damages listed there on the slide as well. It should be the next slide. Yep, so the monetary damages are listed there as well. Okay, so the next case is FTC versus Grand Teton professionals at all. So this case is also a bit recent. It was resolved in January, 2020. And again, the complaint alleges that the defendants violated this FTC Act, CROA, and TSR. So here the FTC's complaint alleged that the defendants targeted consumers with false promises of substantially improving consumers' credit scores by claiming to remove all negative items and hard credit inquiries, which can often change a consumer's credit score from consumers' credit reports. Uh, The FTC also alleged in the complaint that the defendants illegally charged upfront fees for their services and advised consumers to mislead credit bureaus and lenders. The complaint also alleged that when consumers complained about the lack of results or attempted to reverse the defendant's charges, the defendant would threaten them with legal action for violating the purported anti-disparagement or anti-chargeback clauses that the consumer had previously signed within their contract. So the end result here was a stipulation order. And under the term of this, the defendants are permanently banned from operating or promoting any credit repair service altogether. They're also prohibited from misleading consumers about financial services like credit offerings or debt relief and from further violations of FTC regulations and rules, including the telemarketing sales rule. So we just included two FTC cases. We have a few more CFPB cases since as Felix mentioned, there are a bit more recent cases listed out there. So the first one is CFPB versus prime marketing holdings. So this case was actually resolved in August of 2017. So it's quite recent, but not as recent as some of the other cases we'll see. And the allegations are here, since it is the CFPB, and you guys are pros at this by now, you know that they're alleging violations of the CFPA and the TSR, since the TSR is within the CFPA. Here, um, the allegations go as follows. Prime Marketing Holdings, PMH, allegedly charged consumers a series of illegal advance fees, as well as misrepresented the cost and effectiveness of its services. According to the complaint from the CFPB, just one example of an advance fee that they would um, charge was called an initial consultation fee. And here the defendant would make various claims for who this fee was for depending on the customer. So it would range from the fee being for a special credit report or a lender report, or the fee was simply just the first step in the credit repair process. Um, additionally, per the complaint, PMH would refuse to provide customers or consumers with a copy of the contract until after they consented to pay and or actually paid this initial fee. Uh, so the end result here was a stipulated judgment. And under the terms of the final judgment, PMH is permanently banned from doing business with the credit repair industry. And you can see the uh, hefty civil money penalty that they would also have to pay. The next case is also in uh, 2017. It's CFPB versus commercial credit consultants. And it was actually resolved in June of 2017. The allegations here are against four California-based credit repair companies and three individuals. And it's similar to the other cases. It's for misleading consumers and charging illegal fees. And it's, again, under the CFPA Act and the TSR that these allegations are following. Here, uh, the defendants typically charge consumers three types of fees in the first six months of service. One was an initial consultation fee, two was a one-time setup fee, and three were also monthly fees within that six-month period before um, anything had been done. So between August uh, 2009 and September 2014, the defendants actually charged, according to the complaint, consumers for credit repair services and would then return a portion of these fees to consumers through either refunds or chargebacks. So in the complaint, the CFPB is alleging that the defendants caused harm in the amount of total fees the consumers paid less any refunds that they received because the the defendants were still receiving a a fee. So here, the CFPB also alleges that companies not only charge these illegal advance fees for credit repair services, but they also misrepresented their ability to repair consumers' credit scores, which is a, a common pattern we've seen in the other cases. They were stating that they could increase consumer credit scores and remove all negative information even though oftentimes when they were dealing with consumers they were not actually reviewing these individuals credit scores and they weren't even reviewing any information about the consumer before making those guarantees so it's quite hard to make those promises without reviewing the individual's information so the end result here is that the defendants were actually just restrained for five years from working in the credit repair industry in any capacity and you can see the differing money damages for the different defendants in this case. It's unclear why some cases defendants are restrained for five years and other cases they're restrained for forever from doing things. It's kind of just dependent on how what the, CFP, what the charges the CFPB are bringing, but they are quite similar. So that's not as clear. So the next case is actually an ongoing case. So again, to reiterate what I said at the outset, I'm not discussing the merits of these allegations, but simply repeating what the complaint filed by the CFPB alleges. So this case was filed a year ago. It's CFPB versus PGX Holding, CreditRepair.com, and Lexington Law. It was filed in May of 2019. And it's important to note that two of the defendants listed here are actually two of the largest credit repair companies in the United States. So the allegations in the CFPB complaint go as follows. They're alleging deceptive acts and practices in violation of the CFPA and TSR. The CFPB claimed in its complaint that PGX Holdings through its subsidiaries, which are a bunch of the defendants listed, especially the Progrexion, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but (laughs) defendants unlawfully helped a network of sales affiliates to mislead consumers about the services that they could provide. So within the complaint, they focus on a few of the different defendants there are quite a lot of them. So I, I just pulled out a few of the defendants that are um, the, the larger ones, quote unquote. The complaint from the CFUE is also alleging that the Progrexian defendants substantially assisted affiliate programs by doing four things. They would provide advice and content for the affiliate's telemarketing scripts. They would provide advice regarding uh, its websites and other marketing vehicles. They would provide three, the means and mechanisms for live transferring consumers between the affiliate and Progrexian. And four, lastly, they would have payment for each lead that resulted in a Lexington Law or CreditRepair.com sale. So additionally, as alleged in the complaint filed by the CFPB, defendants allegedly charged consumers when they signed up for the service and then on a monthly basis thereafter without this waiting prescribed period of time and without demonstrating that the promised results were achieved, which the CFPB says is a violation of the federal ban on this type of upfront fee. And as I mentioned, this case is quite intertwined and has a lot of defendants that the complaint alleges are acting together in furtherance of these allegations. So it is quite impossible to cover all of them in the short amount of time that I've allocated to talk about it, but the complaint is public if you wish to read it more closely yourself. And again, it is still active. Um, in July of 2019, so almost a year ago, PGX Holding filed a motion to dismiss the, C- the CFPA Act claims, saying that this complaint is based on an invalid premise of liability. But again, this case is still active. No decisions have been made within the last year. So it's a good one to keep your eye on. The next case is CFPB versus key credit repair. And this is another more recent case, and it was actually just filed last month in May of 2020. So similar to the last case, I will not be discussing the merits, but I will simply go through the allegations listed by the CFPB in the complaint. And an interesting point about this case, actually, is that it was filed jointly by the CFPB and the Attorney General of Massachusetts, which we hadn't seen in the other cases that we had listed before. So as alleged in this joint complaint, it the CFPB and the Attorney General of Massachusetts both claim that from 2016 through 2019 alone, key credit repair enrolled nearly 40,000 consumers nationwide. And since 2011, it has collected at least $23 million in fees from consumers. And the CFPB and the Attorney General of Massachusetts alleged that in the telemarketing of credit repair services, the defendants violated the CFPA's prohibition against deceptive acts of practices and the TSR's prohibition on deceptive and abusive telemarketing acts or practices. The complaint here also alleges that the defendants deceptively misrepresented to consumers, that by using their service they will likely result in a substantial increase to consumers' credit scores, the removal of all negative material entries on the consumers' credit reports, And it also further alleges that the defendants here have requested and received payment for their credit repair services before achieving this promised result and before giving consumers a consumer report that Felix talked about earlier, that is more than six months after achieving the results. Um, And again, this is a very recent case, but it's interesting to note just in general with all of these CFPB cases that have continued over the years, they follow a very similar formula within their complaints when they bring this type of enforcement action. Okay, so the next case, Felix touched upon a bit, and it's shifting gears a bit, but this last case, it will be the last case we're discussing in this webinar, part two. And you will see that it's very different from the previous cases, because here the CFPB is actually being sued by a trade association, which represents the credit repair organization industry. It is the NACSO versus the CFPB. This case is also very recent. It was filed in May of 2020. And again, reiterating, (laughs) I cannot say it enough, I am just saying the allegations in the complaint and not the, uh, the merits of the allegations. So according to the complaint directly quote from NACSO, NACSO strives to educate its members, which include credit repair organizations. So they are able to provide their much needed and desired services to help consumers while supporting and facilitating the compliance with the reasonable laws and regulations to safeguard those consumers, end quote. So the allegations the NACSO is uh, filing in this complaint against the CFPB are that the CFPB use as their use of the TSR against credit repair industry is actually quote unconstitutional and a statutorily unauthorized and thus unlawful regulation infringing on the fully protected speech of credit repair organizations end quote. Additionally, the NA NACSO here seek a, declar- a declaratory judgment and judicial review of the prohibition on a credit repair organization to be able to request or receive payment for its services, it has already rendered for a minimum six month period after those, re- those services are rendered as set forth in the TSR. So that six month prohibition in the TSR is what they're talking about there. And lastly, there's a three point declaration from the NACSO against the CFPB in this uh, complaint that the TSR A, exceeds the statutory authority conferred by the Telemarketing Act. B, it conflicts with the Credit Repair Organizations Act, which Felix talked about a bit earlier. And C, is an illegal and unenforceable violation of the First Amendment rights of credit repair organizations that improperly impairs fully protected speech because it is content-based and cannot withstand scrutiny, which is a lot of legal jargon and wording. But again, this is a very recent and interesting case that could change the landscape. So it's, it's something to keep your eye on and one to keep watching. Um, yep.
0: Thank you, Bianca. So just a little quick, quick recap of the history of TF- TSR use in the credit repair industry. Again, just be mindful um, that uh, prior to 2010, the law has existed for 15 years and it already had significant focus on credit repair companies. Um, <clears throat> and uh, uh, what, what we basically have on the third bullet point in this slide, the very last slide of this presentation, is, um, you know, if you look at the LA Times column from just a couple of weeks ago, well, a couple of weeks, but about a year ago, May 2019, titled in Credit Repair Crackdown, CFPB remembers its job is to protect consumers, which further emphasizes how this new increase Enforcement action seems to have come out of left field, and certainly that's a pretty right statement Um, for a law that's been around for well 2019 for 24 years. That time, to have a wave of enforcement action against credit repair companies, uh, it was definitely came out of left field. Uh, you you know, we, we did some background research to see if there's been an increase in complaints. Um, and, and we didn't come across anything specific that would say, well, you know, we feel that uh, there's been a significant material rise in complaints against credit uh, repair companies and the way they're treating consumers. Certainly there are complaints, uh, we shouldn't say that, but there are they're, you know, complaints with uh, regulators or BBB quite regularly in all types of industries. but. Anyway, uh, we're, we we should continue to monitor these lawsuits uh, by um, the CFPB and uh, credit repair companies and also the one by a uh, trader industry organization against the CFPB. it will be interesting to see what the outcomes will be. Um, and um, finally, just also always a slide. Uh, this is the list of services that our uh, firm performs. Uh, we do a lot of work in the debt relief um, space, both uh, regulatory, um, consulting, uh, legal consulting, uh, litigation, uh, and you can always visit shipkavich.com for more information. Uh, You should subscribe to debtreliefwatch.com. I will actually take you to a subdomain of our firm's website and you can uh, receive all the latest um, news and information about the debt relief space and your regulatory changes. Of course, a big thank you to JMI and JL of Limit Break Media for helping us put together this webinar. Uh, And thank you for all for joining uh, of a two-part webinar series. We look forward to seeing you at our future webinars and thank you. Have a great day.